0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Unbatting. I'm Dana Pereira. And I'm Jessica Presley. Guys, today we have an extra special episode, at least one that Jess and I consider pretty close to our hearts, because we have our friend Brian Wise on the show to share his, in my opinion, incredible story of going through hell and coming out the other side.
1: Hi, girls. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here all the way from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. In-house,
2: hanging with us.
1: Brought the sunshine with me.
2: That's, that's right. <laughs> you sure did. It's been beautiful. Just
1: not the humidity.
2: It's been, like, so hot, though. <laughs> Titty, sweating <laughs> hot out here. <laughs> I love every bit of that. Bring on the heat. Yeah, bring on all the heat.
0: Ryan, why don't you tell everybody how we know each other?
1: Uh, so we went to high school together, grew up. Uh, the same town, relatively the same town, and um, uh, did drugs together, hung out, drank, partied, and then we went our own ways. (laughs) Some continued to do drugs, some did not.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, true story. Yeah, I kind of remember, like, first of all, I have a horrible memory of most things, so I love spending time with people that I grew up with because they remind me of so much stuff that I've forgotten. But I have a lot of memories of you and I Hanging out a lot when we were younger because like you and I were super close friends. We had a, a my boyfriend was also your best friend. So we were kind of like the three amigos hanging out for quite a while. It was a good time. I
1: remember that I was the third wheel. I'm yeah, you were always amigo.
2: that was like when we were still like pretty innocent, yeah. though. You know, we weren't getting into too much trouble then. Yeah, it was, it was pretty sweet. Wasn't yeah, it? It, was, it was my memory failing you. me.
1: You were more innocent.
2: Yeah. OK, OK, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> Ryan's like, no, I fucking hated you. You took my best friend away, probably. Probably he's like, damn it, I have to go hang out with her again.
1: (laughs) Is Jess coming? All right. All right. Bye. Single cab truck. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go pick her up. Here we are.
2: (laughs) Did you have to sit bitch a lot? I think I sat bitch a lot, if anything.
1: She sat closer to him. Okay.
2: Rub his leg. Yeah.
0: Yeah, wait, I do have a question that is so off the wall and not at all related to what we're going to talk about. But did you think my mom was
2: hot whenever we yes.
1: were? You did? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: That's hilarious. Yeah.
1: Okay. We'll go was that,
2: that like a common like thread amongst the young boys? I like would say D yes. Kent was was yes, the hottie? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We had the hot mom. Yeah, you yeah, had
1: her. hot mom for sure.
2: Die. <laughs> She's going to be so happy when she hears this seriously well I
1: tell her she looks good all the time I'm like not just saying it to be nice it's true you know if you look good I'm gonna tell you
0: yeah Yeah. I agree with that um I just thought it was funny because I'm I'm pretty sure that she knew that she was the hot mom Mm -hmm. um and then I didn't want to believe that she was the hot mom Mm -hmm. but I mean I my eyes weren't lying to me I was like well no shit she's the hot mom sucker
1: for a girl in a uniform
2: (laughs) she's saying her work (laughs) uniform
1: had bus uniform right <laughs> yeah
2: those navy blues were really yep. doing it for you <laughs> this is amazing <laughs> uh, so
0: we already mentioned that um you know we we did some dabbling and some fun stuff when we were kids Um, But for you, it went a little bit further. Do you want to talk about that experience a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think it's my um, uh, behavioral issues and like how I uh, obsess over things, Mm -hmm. uh, thoughts and feelings. So if I get something I like, I want it the next day, Uh the next day, the next day, the next day, on and on. And that's the same thing with with everything in my life. Yeah, Uh, it's just got to pick the right things to obsess about and to. To like focus on and to just have that being the train running it, you know?
0: Yeah. And there's, I mean, some people get lucky and some people get unlucky. And sometimes you get into obsessing about working out and eating healthy. And then sometimes it's drugs. Yes. And for you, what was the drug of choice?
1: A heroin. Yeah. It started out with pills. Uh, and then um, you know, someone came along. It was think we were snorting like Vikings not even taking them, snorting them. And yeah. they are just like piles of powder that did absolutely nothing to me, but like just clogged my nose. <laughs> <laughs> and Just like horrible. Why are we doing this? Okay, it's cool drugs. <laughs> and then uh, and then someone came along and said, oh, we got this Oxy, this thing. And it's like 10 Vicodins in one. And we snort it. It's a tiny little pill. And that was it. You know, I remember doing it the first time. I felt great for maybe 15, 20 minutes. And then it was straight to the toilet puked oh. it up right away. And then I went back for more the next day, the next day, took a break, maybe for a couple of days, the next day, the next day. And I think within maybe three, four weeks, maybe a month after not having it for a day or two, I could tell that my sleeping was off. Oh. Um, I was not right. And it finally clicked. I'm going through withdrawal. Mm, you, know? you
2: knew that early on, yeah, like a month oxycontin's. in that you were. It's a
1: pill. So it wasn't like it was a, a needle sticking in my arm you know what i mean it, it eventually got there um but it started off as just like a prescription pill mm-hmm.
2: that's such a common story too yeah. for so many people, people get hurt
1: early uh later on in life uh the pain they have Back to go pain. Through. yeah yeah and um thankfully now i have like this knowledge and th- these feelings deep inside that i know that if i ever have to uh come across it again for pain that i know it's going to be I'm going to be able to, to handle it, to be able to, like, take it for what it's needed for. And yeah. that's it.
0: How, how old were you whenever this started?
1: I would say probably 16, 15, 16 years old. I would say that.
0: And was it like uh uh just to be, like, cool around friends? Did you feel like at that point you had to numb something? Uh, no or...
1: numbing, just interest in drugs, curiosity, just wanted to explore. Yeah. I feel like I wasn't really I mean I had some stuff going on in my life had in the past with my family. Um but I never felt that I was trying to run from ev- anything cover anything up or you know I just felt that the, I wanted to escape my parents. So <laughs> I hated living with with my parents my dad specifically just um I just didn't just they were strict so it wasn't like the the cool house to be at you know what I mean it was Yeah. Like,
2: Would you say that your parents had like a very structured or strict environment and you were in a way rebelling or trying to get out of that?
1: I wouldn't say no. They had a strict environment, not too strict. I'm making it sound probably stricter than they were, but just weren't more like free and open. You know, like not like you guys are with your kids. Right. You know. Yeah,
0: it's but the reason that I am so free and open with my children now is because Mm -hmm. (laughs) the environment that we grew up in was not so free and open. And honestly, I feel like um like, I got lucky that I wasn't hanging out one night and somebody offered me an Oxy, you know, like I got lucky that I just didn't happen to be there. Because if I was sitting next to you and you were like, here, Dana, take this. I would have been like, OK,
1: yeah,
0: oh.
2: yeah, Oh, you're supposed to take half
1: of that
0: whoopsie
2: (laughs) it really is in a in a way kind of like a luck of the draw or wrong time wrong place or right time right place depending on which way that you look at it because in this small town that we grew up in um oxy heroin that like just plowed its way through the young people of our town and i would say it was kind of around like our generation where it really started to get bad in that area. And I feel really grateful, even though we spent a lot of time together and I spent a lot of time in the same vicinity as our friends doing this kind of drug, um, it was just my fear really that kept me doing it. If I was more curious than fearful, I'm sure I would have been right there alongside of you guys. I mean, I was doing other things with you guys and experimenting with other drugs, but that one in particular actually I have a huge fear of vomit and I know that everybody would throw up after they took it. So I would never take it because wow. I don't want to throw up. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> for some people, it's not their thing for other people. It is exactly what they're looking for. It gives mm-hmm. you, I mean, uh, once I got a taste of it, I could tell it made me feel more confident, comfortable around other people. Yeah. Um, I felt like I could do anything, anything I can do would make me happy. Like uh, go shopping. All right, you do got to do a bag first. Got to do, Anything I had before I did anything, I had to do a bag for anything. So, what is doing a bag? Uh, well, after uh, the Oxies, they weren't around. Uh, someone else came along and was like, Oh, we got these. It's just like Oxies, but it comes in this stamp bag. They're called stamps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's heroin.
0: So, what do you do with
1: it? Uh, it comes in like a little wax, a little wax kind of baggie that you might want to put like a stamp in for like long term keep or whatever. And they fill it and put like a little uh, stamp, like it'll have like uh, Elmo on it or something, or like the, the name of uh, whatever it is. Yeah. And a little powder, and you just just dump it out and snort it. So it wasn't like it was a needle. You weren't cooking it with with like a, a lighter or anything that you would like be seen as kids. You know, right. it was just like, hey, you're sick. Do you want to be sick? No. Take this.
0: So did it make it seem less bad because you yes. weren't injecting it? Yes.
2: Okay. Wow. Yeah. But equally as powerful.
1: More. Well, it depends on what you get because you don't know. Oxys are great. Well, not great, but you're getting what you get. It's the pharmacy or whoever makes it, makes it the same ingredient all the time. Right. With stamp bags, you don't know what you're getting. The person who, if it, this might be the third or fourth person it's gone through, and they've taken a little bit out of this and put in a little bit of that. And there's times where it's like, you know, you shoot something or you snort something and, you know, it's cut with something that's Ugh. not, or it's too much cut. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm putting that stuff in my veins, up my nose. I feel like a lot of things that shit up my nose. Sure, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think those were ecstasy. Okay. My nose is burning and I'm not high. <laughs> Whatever. Like, it's probably birth control or something, dude. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, you never know. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's like one of the scariest things about like where um, heroin has evolved to is just now it's everything is laced with fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and so scary. anybody who is um, struggling with addiction at this time, like every time they have an experience with drugs, they are putting their life on the line mm-hmm. it's, it's in a, a big way. Yeah. It's a rule of the dice.
1: It is. It's now. scary. It's even scarier now.
2: Yeah.
0: So, OK, we are into drugs. We're 16 years old. We are doing it with all of our friends. Um, and then a life changing thing happens. And that is you get busted. Mm-hmm. Was it robbery?
1: Yeah, it's uh, two armed robberies
0: two armed Mm robberies so what was what happened there what was the idea uh
1: the idea was to get money to get enough dope to kill myself wow didn't care about getting caught i just had to get away
0: so had you done robberies before no no and so you where did you go to
1: rob uh well i was staying in the south side at a crack house and um it was easter and I had been working at a pizza shop and they are closed Easter Day. So I couldn't get money. I got paid every day. Couldn't get money and was just like I think a seed had been planted earlier on that, like, hey, shit goes down, just rob a rob a store or something. Go in, you know, you can get away with it. And then fast forward, you know, seven months later, here I am, like, just like miserable as hell, about to get kicked out of a crack house. They want me out. They're threatening to call the cops. Okay. You're not going to call the cops in here, <laughs> but um, uh, you know, I went down, walked down to the south side, and um, scoped out a gas station, and there were um, <clears throat> I wanted to get away and didn't want to hurt anyone, so I wanted to make sure that women were working, uh. and uh, and I went in and I said, "I'm sorry, I know it's Easter, but give me all your money." And I made her get on the floor, uh, threatened her with a knife on the counter, um, and she gave me the money, and I got away. Uh, that day uh, went back up to where I was staying and I put the um the dope in, in the needle probably about eight bags and I put it in my arm and I pulled the blood out into the needle and then I just couldn't do it.
0: Mm. wow
1: I think um sickly I still wanted to get high
0: yeah that's not sick that's that's <sighs> Addiction. The, yeah, that's addiction. I didn't want
1: it to, you know, still wanted to get
0: high. Yeah. And then you go to another store after that?
1: Uh, well, after the South Side, I had um someone in uh, New Kent random pick me up and went to another like dope crack house where, uh-huh. you know, a couple was staying. They knew me. I would get drugs from them and I just told them, hey, come pick me up. And then uh, they conveniently <laughs> live right behind a BP. <laughs> Which was who I robbed in the South Side, another BP. So in prison, they called me the BP Bandit. <laughs> oh, so, God damn it. Yeah. So in, in prison, a uh, couple of people at the county, when I first got in, they called me the BP. The, I had a lot of names uh, inside uh, South Side, BP Bandit. Um, mostly everyone else called me wise.
0: So, were both of these robberies done with knives?
1: Yes. Yeah, just the night that they had in the kitchen. Just grabbed it. Didn't tell them I was doing it. Just did it. Just... So it was just you? Yeah, just me. Yeah.
0: I don't know why all these years I always
2: assumed that it was like you and somebody else. No,
1: nah, it was just me.
2: Wow. So I have a question. At, like... Where was your state of mind? Obviously, and was it like you were so over the addiction? Was addiction. it that you were so over the lifestyle? What was it that made I'm you feel like a, you were ready to tap out? Sick
1: of being a slave to it. That's my happiness. Mm-hmm. There's no happiness. That is my happiness. Yeah, and it was just like impossible to break to break it. It's just, it was just too strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I uh, wished for death. That was, felt like the only way I could to relieve myself.
0: And The group of people that you were around at that time, your friends or family or any, did you talk to anybody about it or were they all in the depths of addiction also? Before I put a
1: needle in my arm, we went on, uh, our uh, senior trip was my first time trying to get away from it. I knew we were going to be away on vacation for a long time. I was with my friends and I just like, this is the perfect opportunity for me to just cut it. And I was miserable on vacation. I was dope sick. Um, It just was. The last day was the day I felt the best, felt yeah. like myself, but I was sick the whole time right there, but that was like, I wanted to quit.
2: Yeah. Do you remember that, Jess? Um, I mean, I remember being on that trip uh-huh. and I remember you being there, of course. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know if, if it was like known that you were using a needle at that point.
1: I wasn't using, that's what I'm saying. I wasn't using a needle at that point and I okay. was like trying to get out. I, I wasn't even bad yet. Right. And I'm trying to get out desperately.
2: Yeah. And I mean, there was such like a group of our friends that was like really deep in that same addiction alongside of you. And I would imagine like part of the crux for each of you was that we were all this close, tight knit group of friends. Mm -hmm. And so many of you were sick with the same drug. And so it was really hard to get away because not everybody was ready to stop at the same time. So it was kind of always around. Yeah. Yeah. so. You're at the second place and you get caught
0: at the second place or after?
1: Uh, Well, it was right next door. So I robbed the place and then pretty much ran next door uh, inside and then um, didn't tell them what I did. Gave them money. They went, got dope, came back. And then um, I was in the bathroom getting ready to like uh, to go for. Again, like a second attempt. To try again. And I uh, had a, a, you know, a bundle of, of heroin. I'm going to use a little bit here, a little bit there till I get to like the last bit that can do the job. And then I'll think about it then. And uh, they had the, the front door open, the owner of the home. Um, and the cops came up asking questions because it was right next door if they'd seen anything. And uh, they had seen like paraphernalia on, on the the counter inside on the, the coffee table. It was probably like a crack pipe and some needles that they seen from the, the screen door. Um, so then they came back with a warrant and, Mm. uh, they, well, they asked if anyone was in there and said, everyone get out of the house. And I, when I was in the bedroom pretending like I was sleeping, but I was in the bathroom and I just was like, didn't know what to do. So I ran back into the bedroom, took off my clothes and then jumped in the bed and they came up, pulled me out of bed and they seen the shirt that I was wearing that was on the floor. And I, I said, I did it. I just admitted right there. And that was it. In that
2: moment, did you have like a moment of clarity that said to you, like, this could be your way out of addiction, that going to prison yeah. or getting caught for this crime was another avenue yes. to Months your life? After
1: I got caught in a couple hours after, maybe a day or two after. And I think my family was going to bail me out. And I told them, don't. I forgot I told them.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: That yeah. kill myself.
0: Oh, my gosh. That like breaks my heart. And it's what is hard for me to wrap my head around is that I knew you and loved you so much. And if I would have learned that you had passed away, like from addiction, it it would have broken so many people because so many fucking people know you and the way that you are and the way you bring fucking laughter with your dumb jokes to (laughs) us you know like it's just it would have I'm so glad that we're not sitting here talking again about another person that we had lost and that we get to sit here and have you tell this story because it's not you anymore it's you're a completely different person now Mm -hmm. and how long were you in prison
1: for? For about four and a half years.
0: And how old were you when you went? 20. So 20 to 24 and a ish or 25. I got when I was 25. 25. I remember hearing that and also being like, wise? What? Like, it just, from the person that... I mean, Jess knew you way better than I did, but from the person that I knew hanging out and growing up with, the math wasn't mathing, you know, like it just made yeah. no goddamn sense to me whatsoever. Um, and I am so fucking happy you went to prison. Yeah,
1: me too. It was like when I got out, I was like, that was the best years of my life because I was happy inside. I was happy in prison.
0: <laughs> Tell me about prison.
1: Um. Well, you know, once you get to get settled in, it really does suck. But you find the, the positives. You find the things you like and you just focus on that. I love the yard, you know, freedom, working out, being in the sun, being free. It felt like.
2: Is that where you got your passion for exercise yeah. and working out?
1: Yeah. Well, kind of inside, you kind of want to. I was scrawny. You know what I mean I even shaved my chest just so like my stomach would appear more like you know in- intimidating <laughs> right
2: You don't want to be like the little boy Yeah so that yeah. was
1: like that was my main goal and I wanted to leave with something Right I wanted to leave with something even if it was just a better a better body Yeah um, and that really that was my foundation that was like my um my learning lesson this is the formula Mhm this is how you do it you work your fucking ass off and you keep going and You know, you just keep going. And uh, from that, I quit smoking inside. Just quit like cold turkey because I wanted to be healthier. Was sick of like crap in my lungs. And when I left prison, that was my greatest accomplishment was quitting smoking. Yeah. I felt like I could do anything. I'm like, I quit this. I can't be stopped. I can't stop myself now. Yeah. out of my way. And
0: Mm. you probably didn't even recognize that your biggest accomplishment was you were no longer a slave to your addiction. Right.
1: I had other addictions (laughs) (laughs) or I use, I use addiction against itself.
2: Right. And that is such a profound statement right there, Mm -hmm. because I think that through this journey, at least um, you know, we knew each other a lot when we were kids, but our adult lives have gone very separate ways. And anytime we see each other, it's wonderful and lovely. And you know, it's like a heart connection, but um, I feel like in, in, the last couple of days we've spent together, I really can't see that about you, that you turned addiction on itself and you made addiction work for you yeah. because addiction is a part of who you are as a person yes. and you've learned that yeah. about yourself. So how do you make addiction work in your benefit now?
1: Uh, forming habits and sticking with them, knowing what's uh, doing right, criticizing myself, knowing that you know I'm not feeling good. Why am I not feeling good? Why am I unhappy and make trying to force change, uh creating habits and just trying and trying for me it takes ten times to get it, but I'll get it and it's 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 stoned, but it takes me it takes me a while to get there
2: so once the habit is in line yeah. it's like it's a part of you it's a
1: part of me, yeah, just just like an addiction, and I just let it roll, just become stronger and stronger
2: now have you ever
0: found yourself thinking about? Trying anything again, Never. or going back to anything again, no, I or smoke weed. <laughs> hey, yeah. Yeah. definitely do that instead. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no heroin. No, I say it with like joy and fierce power within. Like no, people like question. Really? Fuck no. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'll show you my last breath in life you will hear it.
0: (laughs) I love that. So, so much. So, okay. You get out of prison and now you have to make a life for yourself and you have this, let's call it a blemish, a perceived blemish, even though it was the best thing that could have ever possibly fucking happened to you, but you get out of prison. Are you feeling Judgment? Are you feeling like you're wearing the scarlet letter? Like you're the guy that robbed a bank and went to prison. This is going to follow you everywhere. Was that something that you had to deal with?
1: Yeah, I accepted it. And I knew like uh, just getting jobs was hard. I couldn't get a job at Big Lots because they didn't want to, they didn't want me near money. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I was working, doing maintenance at a plaza and I wanted more work. Uh So I was helping someone out. Big Lots needed help. And I just was helping one of their workers and like, hey, you should do it. I was like, oh, I want more money. So yeah, let me sign me up. And they ended up saying, no, I couldn't. Ah. Because I was honest with them. am not going to lie. I don't want something coming back and biting me in the butt. Any job that I've got, they've known my story right away. So create a foundation and grow from it.
0: And did you start your business out of the necessity of not being able to get work through other people? So you were like, screw it, I'll work for
1: myself? Uh, Well, it came that too many people were coming to me and I was losing money by working for a company. Okay. So just being, uh, working in offices uh, and businesses, restaurants at this plaza had businesses, restaurants. So you have workers there. Uh, managers for restaurants are there. They see me working. They see me changing lights, doing electrical stuff. And then uh, enough people had asked me, hey, do you do side work? Um, Just from this this plaza that I got enough work and you meet the right people. I met a realtor. Uh, They started handing me uh, homes to wire in and stuff like that. You just never know where uh, things will take you if you're willing to work and take advantage of opportunities when you see them.
2: Yeah, that's a big one right there is like, opening yourself up to opportunity. Because if you close yourself to opportunity, like so many things can pass by you and you are missing out. But I think that um, people who got to know you as a person could easily invite you into their space because you're easy to trust. You're a likable guy. I feel like your energy is honest. Um, So it doesn't surprise me that people were just kind of drawn to you and your business built itself.
1: Yeah, I would try to be respectful and clean cut when I show up to show up on time, always early, never on time, 15 minutes, half hour early. (laughs) And then just do as you say, like, say, hey, I'm going to come back uh in seven, eight days and install this cover plate. Even though you live 30 minutes away, I will come back and install this little cover plate that you can do yourself. I'll be back and I will be back just when I say, when I say. I try my best. I'm not perfect, but that's like, it's just what I try to practice. Be conscious of it. No, like, hey, I told someone I'm going to do this. Do it. Even if it's just going to pick up a friend, I'll be there at eight. We're not going, we're not on a time schedule, but be there at eight. I want to be there. Do as I say.
2: Yeah. Where does that um, desire to like have such integrity in
1: your word come from? Not having people like that in my life.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. So whenever somebody says they're going to do something and they don't, that like triggers the shit out of your past.
1: Uh, It means like I'll I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Keep it. There's a reason why. You know, if I don't like the way someone is, don't be like that person. Mm Yeah. Don't be like that. You don't like how it feels. Don't be like that. Try, try to, you know.
0: I imagine that you have to have a lot of empathy for other people that also have a past because in our culture today, there's not always a lot of room for people to grow. They just want to say, you fucked up that one time when you were 18 years old or 20 years old, and that's who you are now forever. And that's not true. I mean, when you did these things. Your fucking frontal lobe wasn't even no. fully developed. You were a child. Yeah. And knowing that the way that you have used this to grow as a person in life, in opportunity, in all of those things, like, I just want people out there to know that you are not your past. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to grow. You just have to take the steps to do it. And I, do you have a lot of empathy for people also that have a past?
1: I do because not everyone has the, the, the want to not be an addict. Yeah. Like I had extreme want to not be an addict and it just so many tries got me there. Well, prison got me there, but I was trying very hard. I checked myself into multiple rehabs. I went to my family and said, hey, listen, I'm just not good. Yeah. No, I wanted to quit.
2: So how was your family's response whenever you were a teenager and you come to them and you say, hey, I have this addiction?
1: Uh, My sister was there for me always. Uh, My mom was there for me always. And my dad had to put up with me. Mm -hmm. So um, it got to a point where they couldn't deal with me anymore. And I wasn't even that bad. And my mom had to take and then I got even worse and she had, and her and my sister had to deal with me while well, my dad just let them deal with me, you know? And so was, your
2: dad was just inconvenienced yes, by your addiction. It was just too inconvenient. For the most part, didn't
1: understand it, didn't want to deal with it. And then I was causing too much commotion for his wife. So um, out I went. You were put out. And I heard it from the car. I was supposed to get dropped off from the rehab at my dad's house. He said he can't, he can't come here anymore. he can't be here anymore. Oh Patty wow. can't handle him.
2: I couldn't imagine like coming home from a place where I was putting in all of this energy, literally every ounce of energy that I have to accomplish this thing that I desire so much, Mm -hmm. but that I feel like I have no control over to come home with like hope and need and want for support and to be on a doorstep and here. No, we can't
1: be here from
2: a parent,
1: from a parent. That was it. That's my new, like, you know, my mom is awesome. My sister is awesome. They had your back.
0: And so since then, do you have any relationship with your father whatsoever right now?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Well, eventually when I was in prison, I had some rough times. So I I wrote to him Mm -hmm. and then uh, we started talking. He come up and visit me. um, But I told him I never want to see Patty. So I'll never come to the house. Yeah. Uh, And then he uh, maybe five, six years ago, he had some heart issues. He had a heart attack. Um, he had, uh, nine stents installed, a defibrillator and a pacemaker installed. Wow. Um, so now I had to like, you know, his grass needs cut. It's just time to like, man up, <laughs> let it go and then just deal with her and them. And right. that's what I'm doing. I love my dad dearly because I was extremely upset whenever, uh, he was going through these issues. Yeah. And, um, but, um, I just want to make sure I'm there for him. You know,
2: I can tell when you're speaking, it's emotional, right? It's an emotional story. But I can tell that you're like that pain is still there. It's
1: Disappointment.
2: Yeah. You know, I'm
1: not upset that he wasn't like, you know, I don't really didn't feel like I needed it. Um, but just to have that, like my mom and my sister, but you know.
2: And you were coming from a place where you're, you and your dad were close when you were younger, right?
1: A kind of. You know, they didn't really know me because I didn't let them know me. They weren't open. I couldn't talk to them about anything. So it was just like out out the door. I go trying to go hang out with whoever. And, you know, they just didn't they didn't know me.
2: Yeah, that's so interesting, because I do feel like a lot of times kids just feel like an inconvenience to their parents. Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, I'm just in the way or, you know, because, you know, I feel like so much of childhood trauma Like why so many people can relate to those words, childhood trauma, is because like as children, we have no perspective. We only see our own perspective. We don't understand the stress of a parent, the stress Mm -hmm. of an adult, the things that we just know that like we feel rejected, we feel unloved, we feel inconvenient. And so therefore, we start to make up these ideas or stories or conversations with ourselves about our worth, about our value. Um, based on our parents experience. But I feel like trauma as a child really comes from this space of having such a narrow lens as children. Um, So whenever you are thinking back to this experience with your father and with Patty, do you feel like you ever came to a place of like forgiveness or understanding from, um, I guess, just a, a new perspective as an adult? Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can understand why they wouldn't want to deal with it or why, I mean, who would want to deal with that? You know, I had someone calling my home, leaving messages on my phone because I owed him like 50 bucks or something like that. Just harassing 30 year old man, 40 year old man.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: 18, 17, 18 years.
2: Old. <laughs> right.
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, and I mean. Now you're looking at your dad, you have, you're helping him. You're like, I see that you are now in this position where you need assistance. And honestly, Ryan, not a lot of people would do what you do. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of people that would say, you know what? I'm going to let this hurt and pain from this awful experience go. And I'm going to come and cut your fucking grass. There's a lot of people out there that would be like, I'm still holding on to this pain and now I'm gonna cut your throat.
1: <laughs> you know? I mean your grass. I mean your grass. I meant your grass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um is your dad's approval important to you? Is it important to you now that he sees how your life has been you know tied up in a nice little bow now you're successful in your business you're you know a healthy guy you go on tons of vacations i love to see your pictures you're skiing all the time you're you know doing the skimboards. boards you know doing is it important for you for your dad to look at you and be like you know what he did it he made it
1: uh it was before and he's told me multiple times he's proud of me i know they're proud of me because so, i mean you have to be blind or like you know you'd have to be a horrible person to not be like be proud of someone who's picked themselves up um but
0: and do you ever consider like mentoring or um yeah. i mean are you like a part of a program or anything like that no. or are you like you know i'm good i'm gonna live my life and make me proud
1: um if I ever came across someone, but I don't really want to put myself out there, I feel like I'm not like put myself on a pedestal, if you will. I don't feel like I should do that. And I'm not perfect. Um, no, I'm nobody free is. from heroin, but I still smoke weed. Yeah. Um, And I drink, you know, uh-huh. have a beer a day or a shot of tequila a day or every other day. But uh-huh. um, I can't get up there and preach whenever I'm still using drugs, not drugs, but, you know, I'm still substance. Substance. Yes. Yeah, so I'm not like clean but i am i'm free from what was causing problems
0: yeah and this is not i mean you smoking weed isn't making you go rob a bank
1: no not at all
0: and you doing a shot of tequila every day or every other day or whatever it is isn't causing turmoil in your life or your relationships it's a much different experience um i mean if i'm being real with you bud i think that maybe you're undercutting your experience a little bit. I just get
1: with the A A A and N A and how they say it's our way. It's one way. It's oh. our way. And if you don't do our way, you're gonna fail. Even if you're doing our way and you fail, it's because you weren't doing our way. Mm. Gotcha. Oh. I don't like that. Everyone has a different path. I'm gonna smoke my weed.
0: Yeah. And I'm gonna <laughs> be
1: successful and be happy and be productive. Yeah. And uh yeah, more than one way.
2: Yeah, there is more than one way. And I think that if anything, you exemplify like this, like internal balance. You have like understood yourself. You're very self aware. You really understand what things make you feel, which certain ways and what you're after. Right. But it's like, You do represent balance and you found balance for you. It might not be the NA way or the AA way, or maybe it wouldn't even be a good balance for somebody else who struggled with addiction. Some people can't have anything ever, ever again, right? That's not a drink. It's not the drug of choice. It's nothing because it just pulls them right back into addiction. Um, But that's not to say that it's like a one size fits all. There's many different um, ways to manage self.
1: Yeah, I, I agree 100%. So I don't like their, they're not saying it's wrong because if it helps someone, then it's great, wonderful. I can't knock it. Right. For me.
2: I even think though, from like, of course, like your history with addiction is such a powerful story. It's like that impacts a lot of people, but just you, your character, who you are, what you represent, having um, integrity of your word acting kind, being a good person, like even if addiction was not a part of it at all, mm-hmm. you still have like all the things I would want my kid to look up to, yeah. you know, yeah. or my young nephew or whoever, like I would want the people that I love to spend time with people like you.
1: That's how, how I was raised. I feel like my dad always forced manners on me. My mom always saying, just taught me how to be.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Without physical abuse, thankfully, <laughs> there was a wooden paddle in the corner, but I think my sister got it. I got threatened. We, we,
2: we had a wooden spoon, yeah. we, the attitude adjuster. Yeah. That's what ours was titled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Show us. Uh, so it's been 15 years that you've been out of prison now. Do you still carry a little bit of that around with you? Do you still have a fear that people are going to judge you for that 20-year-old self? Or have you kind of just left that guy in the past?
1: Uh, a little bit. A little bit. I still feel like my, my dad and his and my stepmom don't trust me in the house. Oh, they wow. fall like she doesn't want me to be there when they're not there. Even if it's cutting the grass outside. Um, if I go in the basement for whatever reason, she'll follow me down
0: you're like, woman, it's been fifteen years. It's like,
1: <laughs> I got money. I don't want any of your trinkets. Your, your treasure kingdoms I'm can new. stay
2: put on the <laughs> shelf, okay? Yeah, <laughs> that sucks.
1: They won't give me a key to the house.
2: Wow. Oh. And my
1: dad, whenever he first got, you know, I said, Dad, give me a key to the house. if you need something, we'll be there for you. I can get in, I can do this. And uh, it never it never happened. You know, I don't want the key to the house, but the fact that it didn't yeah. get it it makes me feel like crap yeah
0: yeah that's shitty to an
1: extent but i know how far i've come and i know to be like it doesn't it's stuff. not going to affect me that's them i know that that's them mm-hmm. so it doesn't just wish it wasn't like that but in the end it doesn't i can't change it so it doesn't
0: what about what about relationships? Like, I know that you've been with your girlfriend for several years now, Sarah. Yes, and um, like, what about meeting her family, her parents, or friends, or do you do you tell people beforehand? Or- I would
1: always tell. Oh, any dates I went on, it was the first date I would tell them. Yeah, like the first within like the you know the first half hour hour because it comes out. It's like how what drives you? Who are you? This is who I am.
2: Yeah. Do you feel like um, it was hard for you to expose yourself in no. that way? Or do you no. feel like this is such a huge part of yeah. who I am that like, I have to lead with it?
1: Yes, because I knew how I felt inside and what I was going to do. So there's no shame. It's like, watch me right? <laughs> be oh, with me that. or watch me. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I love that.
0: That is my fucking favorite. I, and you know what? And we have fucking watched you <laughs> and it's, it's funny because, uh, I mean, my mom is, I know that you guys thought she was hot mm-hmm. Diane, hot D-Pent back in the day, but she's like obsessed with you now in a yeah. non-sexual yeah. way, strictly electrical. She
2: <laughs> finishes the job, you know, yeah. which boing, is not something boing. that happens yeah. in our house a whole lot. So when Wise comes and <laughs> he leaves and everything's complete, yeah, then, fixed. you know, she's a happy lady. Yeah. <laughs> she's very happy about that. Um,
0: but. It's I love seeing you post that picture every fucking year of your inmate card mm-hmm. and just being like, look at me now. It's incredible. And as a friend that you know, knew you before and I guess I was across the country whenever it happened, yeah. but you know, I hearing about what happened and then watching it, afterwards, watching you become this person that you are. I'm just really happy that I still get to know you.
1: Thank you. You're welcome to be here with you girls.
0: I'm so happy to. It's, it's amazing. Like this is a friendship. Now you're a year younger than me. So, you know, but Jess and I are, we were one year apart in school and it's just, very cool to still have those um, acquaintances that you knew in high school. You got to come up with them all. And, it's you special. Know? Yeah. I feel like, yeah. It is special because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they knew me when and I knew them when. Yeah.
1: I feel like I know you girls. Like, no, People have known you longer for out here. I'm like, no, I know them. <laughs> I know them.
2: It's different yeah. when you grow up with somebody yeah. you do. Like <laughs> I had even said this before to Dana. Like I feel like whenever I go back to my people, right? The people that knew me when I was young, like there's just like a, a piece there. Like people just know you for
1: you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's hit, a lo- piece I love of pie it. That completes the-
2: totally.
0: Totally. I love that. And there's so much of the same experiences, like you know, like the high school fucking football games Uh-oh. or we all hated the same teacher and. <laughs> You know, like we were all walking to Glen's for ice cream, you know, just like the yeah. those shared experiences that were so um, big. They felt big when you were a kid. And, you know, so it's nice to have somebody that, that you get to share those with, even when you're 40 years old. Some
1: of our earliest memories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a piece yeah. of us. Nostalgia.
0: Yeah. Pretty awesome. So what is next for you? Do you have like... A goal in mind, something that you're working towards. Yes. Yeah,
1: enjoy the day every day. Mm. That's the goal. Fuck, I love Doesn't you. Doesn't matter what. Just enjoy the day. <laughs> it's so depressing <laughs> if I can't enjoy the day. Like if I have things I have to do and I can't get out on my board, I can't work out, I can't enjoy the day I have to be outside or or something, and I just feel <laughs> like, what's the point? That's true. What's though. today worth? What's the point? Yeah, it's like depressing, but. If I get out there and do what I love to do every day, um, play more than I work, um, I'm happy. And that's, yeah. all, that's all I want to do. Just be happy. And I'm sure throughout my life, the things I love to do will change as they kind of slowly are. Um, but uh, yeah, just chase, chase happiness, whatever makes me happy.
2: I love that. Pursuing the passion, pursuing the things that bring you joy. I feel like it's so common for us to get like caught up in the everyday responsibility of things and your state of mind, I feel like is what, um, saved your life.
1: Mm -hmm. And so
2: I'm learning from you whenever you talk about your, um, like you wanting to play, I actually was having a conversation with the girls, um, this morning and I was saying something about like, Ryan just loves to play he's at the playground, he's at the park every day. And they're like, Whoa, like an adult playing, you know, and that resonated with me. And I was like, yeah, like he plays every day. Like he brings himself joy every day. I think that's so. I don't know. I think that's such like a simple state of mind, but so impactful. Yeah,
1: I don't know how else to get through it. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> a, a couple shots, and a couple dabs,
2: a <laughs> board here or there, whether yeah. it be on water or snow. Yeah, or water,
1: snow, <laughs> uh, the beaches and the snowy mountaintops. I tell you what.
2: That's, that's it right there. That's it's your it. like meditation. Yeah. That's your trails. like all. Um... Yes.
1: Oh, it's just the adventure, the life. This is life. And you know, the different seasons, the different smells, you get to feel, you know, the seasons, you know.
0: I imagine that and I don't I don't know if this is anywhere close to the truth or not, but it almost feels like you had a death sentence that you came out of, and it just, you were like, I'm going to live my life in a way that is happiness and joy. And how do you keep that going for 15 years? I don't
1: know. <laughs> it's just happening. It's just what makes me happy. So it keeps going. I don't know.
0: <laughs> that is a drive. Now, I I went through a situation where it was kind of similar to that. I'm sure we'll get into that in a different episode. But I still have to remind myself, like I need to reread books for joy. I need to re listen to podcasts. I need to have remind, and then once I remind myself of it, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. I'm b- I'm back to meditating. I'm good, <laughs> we're you know like yeah. But I need a constant reminder because it is very easy for me to slip down that slippery slope and get back into my funk mm-hmm. and be a downer or whatever. And uh, but it seems like it is a easier thing for you. Do you get into your funk? It's addiction. Oh,
2: oh. I'm addicted to my habits
1: and routines. So if I form great habits and routines, I am stuck there.
2: So if you put into place habits surrounding things that bring you joy mm-hmm. because you have this addictive personality, mm-hmm. once you set this ball in motion, mm-hmm. I mean, that's fucking genius, first of all. Even with mm-hmm. eating,
1: too. Just got to get it into the habit. I do it so much. It's what I have to do.
2: So how does that go in your relationship then? Like Because you are... I mean, you don't seem like a very rigid person to me, but you're on vacation out here, right? So you don't have your daily routine. How does that work in relationship with your girlfriend whenever she wants to kind of steer off the path? Do you have to be in your routine?
1: No, I do not. No, I I love getting away from my routine. So anything that's like fun or something different, like vacation, please get me away because my (laughs) knees hate me. I'm just doing like not the same stuff, but essentially, you know, I just like I need a break, but I can't. I don't know what else to do.
2: You're like, I need a break, but I can't get off my path. Yes. So somebody it's take a happy me path. off of it. It's yeah, a great yeah. happy
1: path, but like my body, I want a different routine. I want maybe different food and different, like, you know, it's, it's nice to, to change it up, but it's hard to to like break yourself from, you know, that 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 routine. Like today I'm going to do something different. Like if I'm hurting or I'm sore, I won't work out. I'll go do, try to find something new, which I found was disc golf. Yeah. So instead of working out because I'm too sore, I'll go play disc golf. Just try to do it something else in there. Yeah. To change it up. And it's I love it. So now I have something else to do. At what
2: point did you start pursuing fun? Like I i don't I don't know why this is so complex for me to understand, but I'm like, when am I ever like, oh, what am I gonna do that's fun today? Like that's just like I'm no fun.
0: I mean I am no
2: fun. I'm never like, ooh, this seems super fun. I'm like, oh dishes, great. So fun.
1: <laughs> um just the working out and how it made me feel. Um
2: is it like the rush that you get? Uh, the
1: rush, the confidence in knowing that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. giving my body work and it's going to grow and it's, you know.
2: Going to repay you. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I need to be more fun. I know uh, and I... also
1: snowboarding. Super fun. Uh, my friend asked me to go. Mikey asked me to go one time to go snowboarding. And I tell you what, it was so painful. But the last run down the hill, I finally kind of got it and I was like, so happy. I was smiling so hard and I was just like, yes, because I knew I would kind of like it, Um, but it's so difficult to learn at first. And uh, I knew it, even though my knees hurt and my wrists hurt, I knew I was going to love it. And I went right away and I bought a snowboard and then went to Boyce Park, that little tiny baby hill and I watched little girls with pink flyers on go down the hill and I learned from them.
2: That's amazing. Yes, so
1: watch them. And I just kept going and going, and going like a fiend went probably every day, every other day for a week and a half, two weeks. Once I yeah. find something I love, like a new skateboard, I will just take it to work with me, ride it before work, ride it after work, ride it before I eat, ride it after I eat, after oh. I take a shower.
2: <laughs> like I'm still very much addicted. Don't get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Just two other I'm a fiend. things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am a fiend. <laughs> Just gotta keep myself in check you know?
2: yeah yeah you gotta focus it on the right thing yeah <laughs> well That's it great.
0: sounds like you have done it though like you have redirected that what could be negative and turned it towards something that is positive and seems to have given you a pretty fucking incredible life uh,
1: especially being isolated for that long not having things food uh music uh technology it was like when <laughs> i'm gonna change when I get out here, I'm like, I'm going to be who I want to be and I'm going to try new things. I want to go places. I want to be open-minded. I want to new things. I want to be open, you know? Uh, that was one of the biggest things was being isolated from everyone and everything.
0: I couldn't imagine doing that. And that's why it wasn't my path because I would not have survived. <laughs>
1: yeah. You'd be surprised what you're capable of.
2: You're right. You're right. It's true. Nobody like chooses to do that, mm-hmm. but whenever you're put in the situation, and like you just have to handle business. Buckle it's just up. What you have to do. And
1: just travel through.
2: Yeah. So I remember a few times, um, you and I used to write yes. whenever you were in prison. We would write letters here and there, and a few times you would call me. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I distinctly remember from these calls. <laughs> was just how much the way you spoke changed. Do you remember yeah, like that a being a <laughs> thing? But like, you did not sound like wise to me. Okay. Like whenever we were talking on the phone, yeah. I'd be like, that was not wise. Like it was not you, yeah. like the way that you had to, maybe it was carry yourself or speak a certain way on the phone. I don't know, you just sounded so different to me. Do you feel like when you got out that that was something that you had to like unlearn?
1: i think i just it just happened it just, just fell away yeah it's my environment that i was in and just that's i think that's what happens like my voice like i, I just sounded like i was from philly I
2: yeah was,
1: it was like it's exactly uh-huh. what but I like the from light. the
2: streets of philly yeah the streets <laughs> yeah. the
1: alleys the <laughs> alleys <yeah. laughs>
0: that is what happens though like even when i go back to pittsburgh it takes like three seconds for the pittsburghies to start coming out <laughs> of my mouth really It comes back so easily. Yeah. yeah. But when I'm in California, I don't sound like I don't have Pittsburghese out here. Very easy for me. Another slippery slope that I just slide right on down in
2: there. (laughs) Yeah. It's easy to go down that one. It just kind of comes back real quick. It does. Mm -hmm. It does for sure. I feel like it's just really, I mean, it's been years since we've really like dug into this or talked about it and i don't even know if we ever really had like a full-on conversation about it so Maybe some letters
1: and i would just say the letters that i got from you were probably the like the happiest other than the yard a sunny day hot sunny day at the yard mm. letters is what i wanted and i mean like it made my day Aww. thank you
2: yeah yeah it was like you were a piece of home to me and to like something as so simple as to like write you a letter or pick up a phone call a piece it was of like, home. it was a piece of home yeah Yeah, I felt that too. Being in California, you were a piece of home to me at the same time. I love you.
0: I'm so happy that you came on today. And the way that you show your vulnerability and you're so open with your story. And I know that you don't think that you are up on a pedestal, but you are an inspiring human being. 100%. You've been through a lot and you have built an incredible life for yourself. You looked that shit in its face and said, fuck you, you're not taking me down. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you almost won, but you didn't. I fucking won. I won you the war. fucking won. I won the war. Yes, you did. And I'm really proud of you. And I'm so grateful to you for
2: coming on here Thank and you. sharing your story. Me. I feel it healthy. Yeah. Yeah, this was really fun. And it was, again, like just powerful to hear your testimony and your story and just see the way that you like take on life. Mm-hmm. I I love to learn from you in that way.
0: Um, Guys, if there is somebody in your life that is struggling with addiction or if you yourself are, you're not alone. And I hope that you take from this story that there's so much that you can do you can overcome it. It's hard. And I just really, really hope that people out there get some inspiration from this story and from having you on the show today. Yeah, me too. And fuck the rate, review, subscribe stuff today. We are just going to go <laughs> hug our friend and get to chatting again. So we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. See you next week where I'm batting, baby. We're on
2: batting, baby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) On batting, on batting. We're on batting, baby.
0: We're on a journey, baby. We're on
1: batting, baby. We're on batting.